feature presentation. Welcome back to another untitled streaming review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Matt, it's post Oscar season, but it's also Oscar season. I'm so excited to be talking about Mac tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Today we are reviewing the first four episodes of marvel studios moon Knight, which is premiering this wednesday uh march the 30th on disney plus with i believe just the first episode and then it will be week to week uh moving forward um just to kick it off to start we are doing this completely spoiler free minus what you've seen in the trailers and we will be alluding not alluding to anything, but obviously we're going to be talking up to the end of episode four. We won't say specifics or anything like that. So if you want to be, you know, completely like not know anything, then you're best to kind of bounce out. But, um, we won't be spoiling any major plot points or anything like that. We're just going to give you, you know, thoughts and impressions on these first four episodes. We're not going to get into specifics, of the story or anything like that. Um, and we're only really, you know, even just the, what's been shown in the trailers kind of is what we'll kind of cover when it comes to specifics. Um, but that being said, Eric, how are you? Yeah, it's been a long, (laughs) we're recording this post Oscars, as you mentioned, uh, we just recorded our 119th draft of the untitled movie podcast, not draft. We just call them episodes now, but draft of the untitled movie podcast, where we recapped, uh, the entire 94th Academy awards. Uh, so go check that out. It was a very, very interesting show. It would be basically Um, like putting glass in your in your shoes uh, and walking around in it. That's kind of what the Oscars were this year. Uncomfortable and painful. And that's a good segue. Um, let's get right into it. Um, Eric, where do you want to start? Like, do should we give people a, like, I mean, everyone who's listening probably knows. Well, maybe. Yeah. Not I mean, this is, well, Moon this Knight. is, yeah. Moon Knight is one of those characters where it is kind of reaching further into the pantheon of the Marvel slate of kind of more, uh, niche uh, properties. So Moon Knight is actually a character who started in the werewolf series Live by Night, right? Or or, or is it um, Live by uh, CIO? Werewolf by Night? Werewolf by Night. Live by, not the Ben Affleck movie, Live by Night, but Werewolf by Night. That was the first time that Moon Knight made an appearance and then he spun off into his own thing. Um, yes, I was watching correct, yeah. I was watching a video tutorial from like six Sick. years ago <laughs> that kind of like explained all of Moon Knight's um, trajectory. Yeah. yeah. But yes, not the Ben Affleck movie Live by Night. That's not where Moon Knight made his first appearance. <laughs> Werewolf by Night was the first time. In Which that, is it, getting turned into a yeah. Halloween special. For and Disney in Plus. that he's kind of almost like the way that he's described because that was released in the 1960s was almost like the way that Craven is to Spider-Man where Moon Knight is an adversary at first comes in hunting uh, the werewolf. And then people really liked that character and he kind of became his own thing afterwards and then kind of had reboots. And like, I think the eighties and early nineties are where he really kind of became a, a fan favorite within the uh, Marvel canon. So yeah, for, for fans, I'm sure people know, but he's essentially the uh, Marvel's dark Knight. He's the, 
kind of Batman adjacent as character who has split personality um, uh, disorder and, and uh, is kind of focused on Oscar Isaac specifically playing um, a man who is both in one situation or another and how these situations play out will also affect how you feel um, about the, the show. We've only seen the first four episodes and there is two thirds of the series. There is a tonal pace and structure that is trying to play into the multiple personalities of the character and what the storyline is. Is it wholly successful? Well, we'll, talk about that as we go along but essentially what you have is oscar isaac plays um two people he plays stephen grant and um mark specter and these two characters could not be polar opposites stephen grant is uh a gift shop worker at a museum uh in london england and uh mark specter is a mercenary and we're taken into his world from the point of view of Steven and he's slowly starting to put the pieces together in a kind of memento-esque kind of style structure of, you know, waking up every morning um, completely exhausted, bruised and (laughs) unaware of what happened the night before or unable to piece certain aspects of his life together. And then things get a little bit supernatural or strange uh, when supernatural elements start kind of be or interjected whether it be a weird egyptian god following him around or uh ethan voice by f murray abraham (laughs) yes yes uh kanju uh or the uh the villain of the piece played by ethan hawk um sort of having this kind of cult-like status of a leader and having uh, a scale of justice uh tattooed on his his uh arm so there are all these kind of things in play. It's kind of part an adventure movie or series. It's also um, part minority report in a way that like, you know, do you judge a person based on what they're going to do based or, or wait until they've done it. If you already know what they're going to do, does that make them a bad person? So there's a lot there to kind of really chew on. I honestly don't think it's wholly successful. I, as much as I like, you know, both, Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke being a part of the Paul Schrader verse coming into the MCU. (laughs) um, There's something about the tone and the subject matter and the handling of mental illness that I don't think it's not offensive. I just don't think they handle it in a way that really is sincere other than to basically move the plot forward. Yeah, uh, that's totally fair. And I'm really struggling with this one where obviously you guys know I'm a huge MCU guy. I pointed there's my big Marvel Studios book here. I got a ton of Marvel stuff. I I rewatch the MCU religiously frequently and I've pretty much liked everything they've done up until maybe like Eternals recently. Um, And this being the sixth Disney Plus show, the first one about a brand new character. Uh, I'm somewhat familiar with Moon Knight. Uh, I read a little bit of the Alex Maleev. I think Brian Michael Bendis wrote 
it a little while ago and I just when I was dabbling back into getting into comics I'm like oh this character seems cool so I don't remember much of it but like Moon Knight's a character I didn't know much about uh really loved the cast you said the Schrader verse coming in full force in, in the MCU having Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke uh involved when you told me f murray abraham was finally joining the mcu i was all in um and like on paper i'm like this sounds cool like i'm curious to see uh what they're going to do um after watching four episodes uh i will kick it off by say i totally understand why they gave us four episodes because to jump off what you were saying eric the tone of this series is so jarring and hard to get a grasp of that i know it's intentional based on trying to put you into the headspace of mark or steven or just moon knight of oscar isaac's character it's steven Um, with a v yeah and like even his accent in that performance which everyone was kind of sort of poking fun at in the trailers like and they'll go well when you see the series you'll know why and like all that stuff makes sense in context and then even from the filmmaking that first episode i just was like so taken aback because I was like, this is not what I was expecting this to be. And I knew what the story was about, about him having multiple personalities involving a cult. I should clarify. So I just want to make sure that we get this completely right. So um, the description or, or, or um, it's called dissociative Dissociative. identity disorder. So I just want to make sure that we get that. Cause I even said uh, multiple personality disorder. It it is. It's previously known as that, but now it's known as dissociative identity disorder. So thank you for clarifying that. Um, he has multiple personalities though. So like, uh, including, uh, uh, Kanju, who is this moon God from ancient Egypt. Yeah. So that was the first one where I'm like, huh? Okay, I, I like F. Murray Abraham. I like the look of Conchu. Like I like, that like he's crotchety. It's I like that. <laughs> Reminded me a lot of Venom. <laughs> and I'm like okay. less obnoxious. Though. Less obnoxious. I will. I will. I think this is way better than Venom. But the way Oscar Isaac's kind of zany performance as Stephen, and then the back and forth between Stephen and Mark. And both of them with Conchu. Um, and then even some of the the way that his body is being controlled by one or the other was very Tom Hardy Venom. So I right. always felt like it it felt like Tom Hardy's Venom uh kind of got put into like and I hate just lumping in like, oh, another movie with a guy with multiple or, or uh, dissociative identity d- disorder, like split, and then placing that person in Steven Summers the mummy movies. And like that's kind of what this movie It's not even a, that's just like the dumbed down way of describing it. Because then when you watch it, it's so tonally jarring when it jumps from this kind of, like you said, like timid, but funny Steven character to the intense uh, Mark character versus Moon Knight, who's brutal and violent. And then the way that they uh, showcase his uh, disorder through the filmmaking is just that first episode I had to like, I'm like, Oh my God, I I think I either have a headache or like, I couldn't follow what was going on. You feel like Mark when, or you feel like Steven when he wakes up. And I think that's entirely intentional. I just don't know if it completely works. And then that's, I think what's going to, I think you're either going to love it or hate it. And I, I don't know if I love it or hate it. And that's the thing. Like at first I was really kind of into that first episode. Um, but I still struggled to figure out what I thought. I was like, I like some of these choices. It choices. It is very jarring. You're jumping from 
you know, wake me up before you go, go to in an action sequence to like, well, even at the beginning with a Bob Dylan song and kind of with this kind of methodical sequence setting up Ethan Hawke's villain character. Yeah. And it's, it's that scene is intense. And then the Marvel studios logo kicks in and then it's just, it jumps around to all these different tones that are way zanier than I thought, but then goes super serious. And then it becomes this Indiana Jones mummy adventure movie. And then it like, it does all of these different things where I'm like, man, I've watched four episodes, but you've thrown so much at me and you've jumped around so much that it was like hard to kind of grasp it all. And then I struggled as the episodes went on. And I feel like as the show kind of finds what it wants to be, it settles down a bit. So that kind of intense tone that's all over the place where you're jumping in and out of consciousness and into one moment and one action sequence to him in bed to him over here the show kind of settles down and and shows you what it is and then it becomes this kind of you know uh, adventure movie kind of thing that we've seen a bunch of times and that's where it kind of slowed down for me where you start to introduce some of the kind of secondary cast and uh with um i believe believe it's may uh uh, Kalamwai, um, and Kalamawi, uh, Kalamawi. Sorry. Yeah. Thank you, Eric. Um, and, and I don't know, like I, as it goes on and it settles down, I just started to go, I don't know if I really love this. Like, I just don't know if it's nailing the action sequences. I don't know if it's nailing this tone that it's trying to go for. I love everyone involved. Like I, I like Ethan Hawke doing the kind of creepy cult leader stepping on glass in his shoes kind of thing. I love Oscar Isaac. It's just like him talking to, you know, from Mark to Steven and then becoming Moon Knight. It just or Mr. Knight even. Yeah. Mr. Knight, like it all just felt off a little bit. And and again, to your point, partly intentional because of the character's own psychological makeup and how we're looking at this is you know this has been marketed as marvel's character study even oscar isaac has talked about how like it's going back to iron man where it is very self-contained i think that that is interesting we're like watching this there's not really some easter eggs but not but but they're not avert like it's not a way it's like okay we're really selling you on the fact that this is this is in the mcu like you could be watching this and say like to yourself oh this feels this truly does feel like its own thing like like even eternals has more references to you know the the, the bigger picture of what it's Thanos is of. reference by name and this things. is Where not this like, you see the um is it the gdc that global like cleanup crew kind of thing that helped after or whatever i forget yeah and spider-man homecoming term. right with, and with homecoming time daily and, like, and yeah and, and people then... who uh helped after the snap and stuff like that that crew that we saw in falcon and winter soldier there's like ads on a bus and that's pretty much it well they also mention uh is it Majapur? oh Majapur. they do name yeah. drop Majapur. and those so are those spoilers. are like those are no, no 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 but those are like but other than that, I do – that is maybe the one thing I do appreciate that it does feel like, okay, we're we're truly setting up a character within this universe. But at the same time, we are going to let him do his own thing. But at the same time, it kind of feels, again, tonally off because how do you include a character who is this violent in his actions? And again, how you depict this is really important because are you depicting – somebody with a mental illness as just irrational and violent and sporadic. And that doesn't look good. Um, I think Oscar Isaac is um, 
very careful with how he portrays the role. But again, yeah. you know, you, you do have scenes where the, the character can be uh, extremely aggressive in how he handles certain villains, um, whether they be uh, poorly composited CGI characters or not. Uh, there's a lot of bad C- CGI. I was thinking of the Michael Bay uh, line in sure. his press junket yeah. for Ambulance, where it's like, eh, some of the uh, the CGI is not We great. should say episode four was unfinished that yeah. we saw. So I'm talking more about episode one. One through three, um, there's some dodgy CG. And I'm yeah. very curious. Um, this always happens when we see stuff early. So we talked about it, it with Pam like, and Tommy as well. Yeah. That I do want to go back and watch that first episode to see if that CG is as dodgy as it looked in this. But then also like, I'll talk to you. We'll talk later, but like, I'm like, is that also, I'm just like, it could all be intentional, but I just don't think it is. <laughs> I don't either. And, and again, going back to the tonal thing, I think that is truly the key to this series. Two of the three directors, uh, Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson, Benson and Moorhead, as they're, as they're known, who have directed uh, movies like The Endless and Spring and are, are kind of known as genre horror filmmakers. Their last movie they did was a movie that Matt and I did not really care for, Synchronic. But, um, you know, they it does almost feel like those guys specifically kind of signed on to this because they saw it almost like a way to make something similar to what Sam Raimi did with the Spider-Man trilogy, the original Spider-Man movies, where you look at what Sam Raimi interjected within those films. There's both slapstick that's inspired by the three stooges, but then there's also a ton of um, horror references. And even like during peter parker when he's bitten by the spider and he goes through his transformation and he has kind of like that fever dream there are moments that are lift from uh mario bava Jallo movies like inserted yeah. and this has oh my God. a direct reference to that which is very <laughs> funny but tonally again i think that's gonna be jarring to a lot of people yeah yeah like i think like i don't we we both don't mind multiple i love tones that. Well, uh, that sure. is a good scene, but I'm talking about multiple tones within, yeah. you know, the, the one movie. But it's I mean, a like tricky we, thing, though. It is. Like, we talk about that a lot with Bong Joon-ho's films, where, like, you know, he can go from drama to action in one sequence. And if you're or unable comedy. to... Yeah, if you're unable to stick that landing, you're going to just slide all over the place. And the film just kind of feels confused and awkward at times. And it has this kind of not, I don't want to say amateur quality, but it doesn't feel like the filmmaking is completely mm-hmm. assertive in what it wants to do because mm-hmm. of that. And, and again, like knowing the work of those two directors, I can maybe see what they were going for, but if I didn't know who they were and I'm watching this just as week like somebody week, like, yeah. who, who's watched the, the other MCU stuff, I'm going to think to myself, what is this? Yeah. And I, I, I do think that Ethan Hawke's villain gets a little goofy at times, and I just don't think that totally works. Like, I feel like it undercuts his kind of, uh, um, I don't know, disturbing nature. I, I will say as a positive, like, I did, I do like the MCU exploring other cultures and areas in the world that we don't we haven't really gotten a lot of like uh too much we're focused in the united states too much we're focused on new york and things like that so to explore egypt and the egyptian culture and stuff like that i think is uh 
is interesting and is a cool thing to kind of see in the MCU to explore these different areas and different places. And um, I will say that I, I actually do like that quite a bit. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of with you where it just feels like episode one. I was like, okay, this is strange. Not what I was expecting, not Dr. Strange. Um, but I'm kind of into it. And episode two, I kind of felt the same. There's this wild choice that I, Eric and I know what they're referencing, but I feel like a lot of people won't and they'll just think it's strange and an or interesting choice. something wrong with their TV. I honestly rewound for a second because I was like, there's no way they just did that. I was yeah. like, there's no way. Like I just, if people thought the book of Boba Fett going into the, the Bacta tank, uh, is it back Bacta, right? Yeah. Um, uh, back to tank with the kind of grindhousey, you know, uh, thing when he would go in it was weird. Cause I heard people talk about that. They're like, it's, it's going to be like when that scene happens and it's nothing even too crazy. It's just such an interesting filmmaking choice for a Marvel studios project. Uh, on Disney Plus, where it's like totally, you'd expect it in an Edgar Wright movie, then you and, would, yeah, yeah, and 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 totally, it's like it it doesn't even like keep that all the way no. through. So it's like just it's one just, shot. So it's so interesting, and and then that's what I struggle with is like, yes, I do really think that they're doing it intentionally because they want to put you in Mark's headspace, and like, and I I will say like I I started to enjoy it a little bit less through episode three. And I think you were at the same, same boat as me in episode three, where uh, they're in a boat in episode three at one point. Um, and right. I, I started to go, I don't know if I really like this. And I'm like, I don't not like it. I just don't really like it. And I'm just kind of going through the motions here. And I'm like, it hasn't got its hooks in me um, what, from any aspect. Like, and I love, like I go back, I love everyone involved, but I'm like, it's not like, again, introducing a new character, like Shang-Chi, I was invested all the way through the action sequences, the characters, like everything where and the father son story was story, very universal right off the bat depiction. Yeah. Right. Where when they go into some of the, you know, Egyptian God stuff in this and like giving the backstory, we don't even know much about moon Knight. We know a little bit about Conchu and like what's going on, but as it went on, it felt, you know, pretty straightforward adventure movie kind of thing. And, uh, there's some B plots that aren't super interesting. Um, and then when the, the show starts to kind of show you what it is. I'm like, huh, this is not what I expected. And I don't know if I really like this. Um, that being said, like I mentioned off the top, I understand why they gave us four episodes. And I'm, I will say the end of episode four got its hooks in me. And maybe I'm a sucker for the MCU. Maybe I'm just looking for a reason to just like everything that they put out. But Episodes three and half of four, I was like, I don't know where they're going with this. I don't know if I care. But then something happens and the last 20 minutes of episode four, I was like, huh, I have no idea where they're going with this. And I'm very intrigued. And I didn't think I was going to say that at the episode at, at the end of episode four because I was ready to be like, I don't really care about this. So I think it's not without its problems, but I will say that 
I am very interested to see where the next two episodes go and that it has made me want to rewatch those first four episodes after seeing the fourth. Um, so I, I, and that's just, I loved the last 20 minutes of episode four and I thought I was really intrigued at what they're doing and I can't wait you know, to talk about it after the episode comes out and, and in a more kind of spoilery fashion. Yeah. I, I think if they had gotten to what you're referring to sooner, yeah. like maybe in the third episode, yeah, I it agree would have that, kept the interest a little bit. Like I am having the opposite reaction that I had with Eternals, where I think Eternals would work better as, as a, a six to eight yeah. episode series where Moon Knight, I think would work fine as, as a movie, a two hour film. And like, I, I don't know what the, the, the decision was there. To I go think with, for with... something like this, like a, like an ending, like where you go, holy shit, how are they going to keep doing that? Or what are they going to do now? I think right. like that week to week kind of stuff. I don't know if you needed six hours to tell this story, but, Eter- but see, Eternals, but... you could do that though, as well. You yeah. could, you could also do like, oh, how are they going to like, you know, continue oh, I think Eternals should have been a, a, a a show yeah i agree we're with moon knight i could see moon knight working fine as a movie I like i, I think it could well. be a two-hour film and you know you'd be in and out and i mean it's 220 come on yeah like, let's <laughs> you know, be honest that's that's the, the the shortest uh run time for our for an mcu movie now but yeah it's it's like one of those things where there's enough intrigue there in that last 20 minutes but it could have gotten there sooner i'm not the biggest fan uh, the Layla character, I also yeah. agree with you with Ethan Hawke, even though I, I like that he's kind of having fun with the role. He weirdly reminds me of, um, horror fans will know this, Richard Lynch in um, Bad Dreams, where he plays okay. like this uh, psych ward doctor who's basically like torturing all his patients and even has a similar hairstyle. Um, so I, I don't think they probably based it on on him, but um, but I, I I wouldn't be surprised if, be, again, because th- those guys are horror fans. And uh, Mohamed Diab is also uh, the other director who makes up the three guys who are, are directing this They split season. the episodes, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, you're, you're watching this and the best stuff in this show is the relationship between Mark and Steven with Conchu. I think that yeah. is the strongest element when it's this kind of like it, there's this weird love hate relationship with all three of these characters where like, obviously Mark and Steven are at odds and they're always fighting with each other. And, and it kind of, I think Steven does get a little grating at times where it's like, okay, I understand that you're fighting for your identity and, you know, your own life and you want to have that. But at the same time, it's like when you get into these dangerous situations, you uh, eventually call on Mark and you're just using him. And and Steven can also just be like, again, the accent, I think it becomes a little tiresome after a while, but again, I think it's intentional, but yeah, no, I, I know. But like, he's just annoying in that kind of way that it's like, dude enough man like you you, i i don't I, like i think you're supposed to be somewhat sympathetic to sure. steven but like there's a there's a point but where i also just, think you're supposed to be a little annoyed with him too. i know but you get sick of him and then like even with mark like mark is yeah, not you never the, want to get sick of a character that's for sure n- yeah, yeah yeah especially when he's going to be set up as you know a, a, an ongoing hero and it, also when you have someone like oscar isaac who is a really good actor in that role but i think like what kind of works best is when you have F Murray Abraham's, you know, voice performance, just kind of literally like 
you know, I'm going to, I need to use you because you're my avatar and, and like, you Very know, you venom. Need, <laughs> yeah, you need to do my bidding, but I, but he also is like, but I also need you, Mark. You know, yeah. like it's this. It's it's it. I think it venom, is a better. <laughs> I think it is a better. Well, it's also brain damage. You know, like sure. again, which like, we I'm also sure, referenced in Venom. <laughs> yes, and I'm sure Benson and Moorhead are aware are fans of, of these things. Oh, totally. And, and, and even Diab in, in terms of what they're doing and and what what have you. But I like the imagery he, of Conchu just like always watching and stuff like that. I yeah, yeah, he, yeah. I mean, he's the best version of Birdman. Um, and, and <laughs> yeah. I actually was like, oh man, I would like if I was a kid, I would buy an action figure a of Conchu. Of Conchu. Yeah, and so I think that that works the best, and I think it was really smart to have such an amazing voice as someone like F. Murray Abraham's kind of, like, come in and just literally be so crusty and, you know, craggy to uh, these two characters, and then also kind of him kind of being an outlier within the God community, which I also find funny, because it's almost like he's, like, you know, puts up this big front of being, you know, this guy who wants to deliver justice but do it the right way and then like he's been excommunicated by his own group and it's God just like, PTA meeting. Yeah, and I do find that actually yeah. kind of funny. Um because it's not it, it, yeah, that's the other thing like humor-wise there's really yeah. not a lot there. I did laugh it, quite a bit in the first episode. And I, I think, think the thing I laughed at the most was the one shot we've we've talked about, but I do oh, I do like the idea Cackle. of like this one guy saying like it's almost like you know, that older kid who looks cool to the younger group, but then like in his own age range, he's a loser. (laughs) And that's kind of what Conchu is. And that's what kind of made me laugh. Um, This is also uh, the last on-screen appearance of Gaspar Yuli, who's in episode three. Um, And again, I think some of the action sequences are poorly choreographed and edited together where it's hard to follow what is going on from scene to scene and not, just you know you know the 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 two personalities fighting for dominance but just how the action plays out and how moon knight looks when he's fighting and stuff yeah and who he's fighting and where he's fighting and like the just the geography of it all and then there's just something weird with one sequence in that last act of episode three that kind of feels like they changed something because of Gaspar Yuli's desk again yeah it's speculative obviously but like it just it just is a weird it's a weird sequence in terms of I thought most of the action scenes were kind of strange like um and I don't love the look and I think it's maybe because it's a completely CG suit or it looks like it's completely CG that there's just something off about Moon Knight how he looks and how he fights and because it, it does look completely CG, right? Like the suit, yeah. like I'm pretty sure it is. Um, well, I mean, with with Marvel, I mean, you, you have to even assume like just backdrops now are, are CGI. Yeah. Like there's that one shot of Tony Ravioli on the uh, yeah. on the phone where it's like, it's like, oh, wow, that was just him someone looking, was like, that's a, probably a scheduling thing. Like they had yeah. to get all of his shit done in like because he's only in a couple scenes in that movie because I think the party was also green screen that he was yeah. at like everything. He well, that's did what I was talking was about. Just, yeah. Oh, sorry. I thought you meant the one on the street. No, no, no. The, the one when he's like on the phone the party? at yeah. the party talking to yeah. like, oh, if it, you can reach, you know, the, the, okay, the, yeah. the administration okay, sorry. office. I thought yeah. I was talking about the one on the street. So, which so with also, Marvel, yeah. you have to just assume that everything other than the Eternals is completely green screen. Yeah. Here they do go to some locations. Like we said, the best looking stuff is when they're in Budapest and like yeah. not. And they go into like a small village. They're not in Budapest in the show, but like that's where they shot a lot of the series. And like, yeah, they go into a village and like. Um, some of this, like I said, that stuff 
I think the boat might have been CG because the lighting looked off. But like, I mean, they still got time to polish some of this stuff. So maybe episodes two through four are also kind of like, you know, still tweaking. But four was completely unfinished, which quickly like that. Not part of our review is a cool thing to kind of see as a fan is like um, seeing a Marvel Studios project like unfinished was kind of wild. And I know no one will be able to see that, but it was just cool for me. Um, seeing that even if it was jarring to see an unfinished piece of CG or uh, some very awkward ADR <laughs> inserted or something like yeah. that. But like um, it didn't hurt it because I, I think episode four, like I said, that last half of episode four, I thought was great. And um, I, I really made me kind of recontextualized what I saw before and made me second guess everything that i thought about the series where i was like oh okay i want to rewatch these now and see like you know when i was struggling to see if i liked that first episode and some of episode two and then the stuff i didn't really like in two and three uh and and some of four i'm like i kind of want to go back and rewatch it now so i will say it ends on a really intriguing spot so if you're if you're struggling through episodes one two or three um I say stick with it. Get to that fourth episode and see if it works that or if you're intrigued by where it ends in episode four. And uh, if you're out by that point and you're not intrigued, then I'd say it's probably just not for you. Uh, If you are intrigued, I think then you might do the same thing I did where you might want to go back and rewatch it and kind of give it another shot and, and catch up again to that by that next week and, and see where episode five and six are going. Cause, um, cause it's unprecedented for them to give us two thirds of a series before it comes out. But I really think that they were like, man, this is a show that, you know, I know there's only six episodes, but episode four is going to be that one that probably, you know, people talk about or get their hooks in people um where one to three are well, it's enough of a cliffhanger right like it's almost yeah. the way that like a netflix show like at the end of every episode that keeps you watching is like they have that sort of designed cliffhanger where it's like oh and then this stuff happens and then you're gonna have to watch the oh, next totally. episode which is you tv know? at it you know tv in yeah. a nutshell but like but the first I three episodes didn't do that not necessarily that's why i think you know just to hypothesize why they did it is just like why they gave us this is because I think they might've worried that if they gave us two episodes or they gave us one or three is just like, we might've been like, it's weird. And well, like, also I think you need really time work. to adjust. Right. Yeah. So if you get four instead of two or three, you're kind of trying to gauge, okay, like what kind of tone it's playing in, yeah. what the atmosphere is like, how that's why, it's both different sorry, and similar to, other superhero stories within Other Marvel the canon. Stuff, yeah. yeah and, like, and, and like, again, there is the, nothing like this show in the MCU. I will kind of say that. No, I but I will that. say that like, it is very similar to like, it does feel like it is borrowing from the Sam Raimi, Spider-Man sure. movies. And also even the first blade film where like, yeah, it is trying fair. to be a little bit edgier in how you know you're portraying this character but i don't know if it complete again i don't think there's any malice but i don't know if it's completely sensitive to the subject matter of sure. of, of what's going on here but then i gotta wait to see those last couple episodes to see how it handles well that. i'm not yeah i mean I'm, I'm not gonna judge like the full you know it's not like you judge course, a book by yeah. its cover or in, in the case the... of dune you only did <laughs> judge it by half a film if they gave you two-thirds though 
Yeah, but but still, like I, I, you need to see the whole thing. Because, I absolutely like, when you're agree. Watching We're not going to put a score on this. Yeah. No, no, you can't just say like, oh, well, I saw enough of it to make a final judgment on it. Because like, even if a movie still doesn't work or a show doesn't work, and you, you know, you're like two way two thirds of the, the way through, and then you watch the last little bit of it, it's like, okay, there could be some good stuff there that that mm-hmm. does work or does kind of redeem the series, even if it doesn't completely salvage what they were going for. But yeah. I think in terms of its ambition i appreciate i think the 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 two leads are good enough actors even though oscar isaac is the one that's kind of really doing a lot of the heavy lifting when it comes to the performances he's giving um i think kanji is is a great kind of um foil to steven and mark uh I'm not I like the design of Moon Knight, even though I don't like the CGI. Like yeah. I think the look of him is he kind of reminds me of the Phantasm from totally. Batman, uh Mask yeah. of the Phantasm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I even like the idea of like the eyes. Like it like even when he's Mr. Knight, he just kind of almost looks like um, I like the look of Deadpool. Mr. Knight too. Yeah. Like I I'm I I'm with you there. I, I like the look of the show at times. It was hard with the giant watermark, but like he looks like a fancy like, waiter when he's Mr. Mr. Knight. I know, but I still there's something about it that I kind of Oh, like. I do too. I, like, yeah. Yeah, um, I like some of the cinematography. I, I do agree with you that sometimes it doesn't look super great, and it depends on the location and the green screen stuff and all that. But like they yeah. do try to do again, it's very playful in in the way that it's moving the camera to try again. It, it's off putting but playful, where it's just trying to get you kind of tossed up and and confused and stuff. Which I again, I go back to all of that being very intentional. Does it completely work? I don't know yet. And that's where I'm like, again, I don't want to say I dislike the show because I don't think I do. Uh, And I'm very intrigued at where it left me. So if you would have caught me after episodes two or three, I would have been like, I don't know. So episode four, I'm really looking forward to the next two episodes, but I don't, I think it's rough around the edges. Uh, We didn't talk like, I think the script is clunky at times as well. Um, it it's it's the very exposition clunky. specifically, yeah. like and um, how it's handling all the theo- the Egyptian theology yeah. and um what some Mark's of the, going the and yeah like, and some yeah. of the character introductions and yeah. just even like what all the stuff Mark with is going through, but and, how he's yeah. pitted against Ethan Hawke's villain character, like it it just kind of spells everything. It's out for you. very clunky, and like with yeah. the Layla character, like everything with her and her history is. Incredibly clunky and like McClunky, (laughs) and like it's going back to Star Wars. Um, yeah, it's that's what I mean. Like the dialogue as you're going through, and that's the stuff that kind of threw me off. Is like it's yeah, the the filmmaking is kind of out there in those first two episodes where it's really kind of like, oh my god, the tone on this show is all over the place. And then when you get to the script and the dialogue and moving the plot forward and stuff like that, like that's the stuff where I'm like. Okay, it's almost like they're like, how do we put people in Mark's headspace? But then no one really went, okay, well, we got to make sure we have like a really tight script here too. Yeah. Um, and, and we have to do this right. Like we yeah. have to make sure that we do not like, again, you know, look like we're being completely insensitive and yeah. disrespectful to yeah. people that have this disorder. And like, it's, it, again, when you're depicting mental illness in sort of, I mean, Genre any, or superhero but yeah, or it, it, it's, it's such a, delicate rope tightrope to walk because you're kind of like okay how do you use this as both you know i've because like it's part a plot device and then also it's like okay well this is a character who 
you know, is going through something very, you know, personal and internalized and you don't want to make light of it. Yeah. And it's a, it's a weird place to be sometimes for, for genre stuff. And like, you can do it. I mean, genre is a metaphor for many things, whether uh-huh. it be mental illness or just what's going on in the world. But, you know, you, you do have to walk that fine line and here it, it sometimes kind of feels like a caricature and to the point where like, again, I've talked about this on the regular show where like the split personality stuff and even like, again, the Spider-Man mm-hmm. movies, like I'm not the biggest fan of, of Norman Osborn's sure, you know, dual yeah. identity or yeah. um, Gollum in the Lord of the Rings movies. Or even when you mentioned, you know, yeah. James McAvoy's, even though his performances are very good in yeah. split. It's same um, like Oscar Isaac in this, right? Yeah. yeah like, and, and, and I mean, I, I made a joke about it on Twitter, but it is funny that like, the beginning of the show begins with a Bob Dylan song. And then at one point, Oscar Isaac, when he's heading to work, says he feels like he was hit by a bus. And it just reminded me of the movie life itself, because in that movie, someone gets hit by a bus. And then also uh, in one scene, Oscar Isaac is in a Starbucks shouting about how great Bob Dylan is. And it's just like, Oh no, all of this crossover of people who have seen life itself and huge MCU stands yeah um, but but in terms of the paul schrader universe it is yeah. it is interesting that literally um isaac went right from the card counter to this and and the reason why ethan hawk signed up to it because he hadn't read the script or scripts was because he wanted to work with e, uh, to, uh oscar isaac so you know those two guys together I, I i really like the idea i really do like to pretend that this is like second reform <laughs> oh, man. you know yeah. uh but the yeah, it's just, and maybe, maybe again, it's just also expectations because going into Eternals, you were expecting, oh man, this is gonna like revitalize and change, gonna you know, be the different. way we exactly, yeah. and it is, but <laughs> not, but it's not, it's, it's in a again, way that you're like, oh, maybe I wanted it to be more the same, and then like, yeah. or like, I love a lot of stuff that Chloe Zhao did in that movie, right? Shooting on location and like, or tried to do, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's kind of what I sort of, yeah, you, uh, comparisons to Eternals is, is, is interesting. And I'm very curious to see what people think week to week. It's going to be fascinating. Like I, I really, I'm very curious to see what, you know, MCU, huge MCU fans think. Uh, I know there are hardcore Moon Knight fans where this is a big moment for them. And then maybe they're more acclimated to the tone and what, what who mark is and and the character and stuff like that but then i really do feel like i don't know like i i have a feeling you're gonna get people after those first couple episodes going like i don't know but uh, or they'll wait until like the whole season is done and then go back to it if they're not hooked on it originally because again i think you know what kevin feige has done with the mcu is that you know the brand name itself is 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 able to get people to oh, watch people will watch yeah for sure anything right like as long as you slap that on there and have some references or at least you know promise that this is going to character will come way. back or there'll be a yeah. mini universe or not a, a universe a subsect of characters like werewolf by night moon night blade yeah. Again, not to be confused with Ben Affleck's Live by Night, which is not yeah. a part of the MCU. But but yeah, like like that is – I mean that might be interesting in itself because again, like you're looking at Eternals, which also kind of, kind of introduced Blade. And then you have this and then you have Werewolf by Night and, you know, a Blade movie coming down the pipe as well. Um, so like you can tell like these characters are kind of like the quote-unquote more 
darker, dark edgier. <laughs> yeah, they are really the dark universe characters. In a the lot Midnight of ways. Suns. That's what they'll yeah. probably lead into, which is like it's cool. I, I'm, I'm sounds like again, a Soundgarden song. Uh, <laughs> Midnight Sun, don't, don't you come? come. Uh, let's and wrap. I also want to say, and okay. I just want to quickly say, no people, people who love Moonlight, we are not Moonlight dismiss- or Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Okay, I think you said Moonlight. Well, uh, Night Bright. People who like <laughs> Night Bright, the the Moon Knight fans, we yeah. are not dismissing your love of the character, oh, totally, yeah. or if I'm... you love the show, we are being critical of. Or you something... want to love the show if you're listening to this before? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are being critical of something that we have seen and how it played for us. And I really we... want to hear what you guys think because again, yeah. like it's. But that does not call for people being assholes no because our friend shay from the movie i want to yeah that's something that we should say like twitter reactions have been out there and like some people are being very rude to shay uh from the movie podcast and racist yeah and just awful so fuck those people and like wait till you see a show don't get mad beforehand yeah before criticizing the someone for not liking it first and then make your own decision if you love excited to to listen to us talk about it if you like listening to us god knows and don't let us us. disappoint you again i it's a very complicated feeling for me because i'm like i'm all over the place just like the show is all over the place where i'm like parts of it i really like parts of it i really don't like but i'm very intrigued for a month from now when i can see uh, the next episode and that or how that, he will fit yeah. into the 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 and bigger how they're scheme gonna, of things if they can stick this landing or or if they can just land this plane because it's it's a little shaky right now but I'm I think we could still get there because I am very intrigued for episodes five and six so um, thank you all for listening we really or or watching we really do appreciate ate it oh my god it's been a long twenty four hours uh go listen to our uh oscars recap which is our 119th episode of the untitled movie podcast you can find that on podcast services everywhere and on youtube uh check out our other reviews you guys could check out right now our everything everywhere all at once review and if you're a marvel fan and you're listening to this or watching this uh, go watch or listen to that review and go see that movie because if you want a little preview of some multiverse stuff and probably multiverse done even better than what Marvel is doing, it's just, it's, 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 I mean like, and Marvel's doing it in a cool way too. Don't get me wrong. Should have like, done like a freeze frame on that shot. Um, <laughs> but I really think it's a spectacular movie. So go, uh, and I think, you know, produced by the Russo brothers, if you didn't know that. Yep. Go they out kind and see of that made movie. up for Cherry. They <laughs> kind of did. So go check that out as well. One stop shop. Just head over to uh, Untitled underscore Movies over on Letterboxd. You can go check me on the VOD for the Kind of Funny Morning Show this week, where I talked about the Oscars with the Kind of Funny crew with Nick Scarpino and Snowball. But not Mike Oscar and... Isaac. No, we did not. I was still embargoed at that. Who's time. not nominated? Who's not been nominated for an Oscar, but should have been for Inside Lewin Davis, which also has Bob Dylan references. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, as always, <laughs> my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, uh, mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com. And you can follow me on all those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Eric Marchin. You can find more of my video reviews on rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. Okay, who do you think has the bigger social media following, Harry Styles or F. Murray Abraham? Because they're both teen heartthrobs.